Hello, and welcome to the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast, where we are broadcasting our doubt, casting gods out, and casting about for answers to difficult problems. Uh, today, but I'm going to let someone else explain how he solves difficult problems. Uh, I attended Skepticon over the weekend, Skepticon 5, and I had the pleasure of interviewing a few of the presenters there, and the first one that we're going to release is the interview of Matt Dillahunty. Uh, so I hope all you Dillahunty craze fans have a listen. One issue that I do uh, need to address before we go on, though, is that uh, I left for Skepticon, I left for Springfield, Missouri, uh, without our, our trusted snowball microphone. Uh, and this resulted in me using a device I've never used before, and I used the uh, lesser quality settings. So it's not going to be too nice. In fact, it sounds like I'm an undercover operative working for the DEA, and I'm about to bust Matt Dillahunty hardcore. Uh, so uh, have fun with that, okay? So tomorrow is, is a handful of notes and mostly me talking about a lot of the same stuff I talked about yesterday, but in a bit more detail. Great. Well, I've already started recording. Uh, this is, uh, we are sitting down with Matt Dillahunty. Uh, this is Chaz and Amy is here with us. Uh, Matt has graciously spent some time with us during while everyone's tugging at him. It took us forever just to get up here because <laughs> everyone wanted a piece of you. So we feel really grateful that you're a part of this. You're going to be part of our tiny little podcast. Oh, I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> Uh, well, you are in a unique position uh, compared to most of the other atheists here because you are in constant contact with uh, Christians, and not just apologetic, you know, people in the um, mm -hmm. higher echelon of apologetics. You are with basic people who just call in to you all the time. I, I wonder, how can you keep fielding these same stupid Christian questions <laughs> every, every couple of weeks? Um, I won't pretend that, uh, that I always do it right because I don't. Um, of course. I, I'm, I, I try to have as much patience as possible, but there have been days that were bad days. <laughs> Sorry. Very fine. We were talking about how you're able to constantly deal with these same questions over and over again from Christians. Yeah, and, and like I've said, I said, I try to be patient, but I'm human, and there's only so many times you can hear something before you're just going to get overly frustrated. I think, though, you know, I, I've always tried to make sure people get as good as they give on the show. The people who are calling in to preach and can go away. I don't, I don't care. If, call some show where there's preaching. Um, the people who are calling in for conversations, to actually have discussions who are willing to hold up their side and argue honestly and not just make a point, wait for me to respond to it, and then make some other point. That's, yes. You need to acknowledge that a point's been you know, addressed. Right. And what do you think about that? You, know, you just made this argument. Please start with your best argument because then we can save some time because if your best argument's not going to work, then the other ones probably aren't either. Yeah. Um, but even trying that, uh, yeah, I, I have bad days. I had a bad day a couple of weeks ago where I was going to the show and I was like, I shouldn't be doing the show because I'm just going to be a dick. And <laughs> I got to the show and I was pretty much right. There are some things that, you know, I just uh, rather not talk about. And, but I think the biggest frustration and the reason that people see me getting annoyed is there has been a constant problem with the telephones in the public access studio, oh. where when they are talking, 
they cannot hear us. They can't hear us interrupt, which is an important part of what we do, and I have good reasons for it. Um, and a lot of times we have to repeat, you know, yeah, hey, hey, no, 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 hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 hang on, whoa, no, 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 you know, like that. I've noticed that. And it gets very frustrating because it's not their fault mm-hmm. most of the time. They, they cannot hear. I didn't know that. I was wondering why they would just keep, I just thought it was a, you know, I thought it was just a general no. problem with them that they would just keep going, going, going. No, and I've tried to describe this several times. There's a real problem with the phones and the way that the audio is wired on them at the public access studio. Um, and, and the reason that I can be pretty confident that this is one of the biggest annoyances for me is because I've had one-on-one discussions and debates with theists. Um, I've had formal debates with theists. And there are calls where they don't, that problem doesn't exist. Those calls tend to go pretty well. Right. It's not the only thing. You know, I do get frustrated. I try to remember, though, that um, while this may be my you know, umpteen hundredth show, this is somebody's first show. And that we, fans of the show have been posting clips instead of whole episodes um, because we live in a world where you want the McNuggets. So the McNuggets from the show get posted, and I try to make sure that there's as many of them on as many different subjects in as many different ways as possible. So I don't always address Pascal's wager the same way every time. Because saying it one way might appeal to this group, and saying it a slightly different way might appeal to some other group. So a lot of different, I'm, I am a huge advocate of as many different approaches as we can, which is why I end up butting heads so much with accommodationists who, who want to say, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Oh, okay. Don't be rude. Only do it this way. And I'm saying, no, uh, let's do it both ways. Yeah, you, I, you do that. I'm sorry that you this. think it's rude, but... Um, you know, and the, and the example that I use many times is that there are kids who found out the truth about Santa Claus because they uh, decided to investigate. They got curious. There are others who stumbled upon it accidentally. There are others who suspected and were kind of lightly guided that direction. And then there are some who did not give it up until they were ridiculed on the bus on the way to school with, oh, you still believe in that? Hmm. You know, I want to make the Christians come to where the big kids are. I see. Okay. Well, I, I don't know how you framed it that way. Uh, you have a question? Sorry, just real quick. How do you decide which ones you're going to handle differently? Is it in there in... Uh, I don't know. Some, some I can, I've heard, I listen every week, but I've heard some callers, um, you're right off the bat, you're jumping to shit. <laughs> <laughs> some of it is mood. Um, some of it is having done this for seven plus years, I can usually tell fairly quickly what type of person I'm dealing with. Um, I know it's hard to describe. I know I can, I can't, I'm not always going to be right, but I can spot when you're, if you've got something you're particularly good at mm-hmm. and you're out in public and you hear people at another table at dinner talking, you can tell fairly quickly whether they know more about that subject than you or less. Mm-hmm. and how much less, by what they're saying right. and how they're saying it. Um, there's a number of things that I do outside of atheism. You know, I've been an amateur magician my entire life, and I can tell fairly quickly where somebody is in their knowledge level of magic, for example. Uh, it's, it's the same way for certain games. You know, I mean, granted, for chess you might have a rating, yeah. um, and you would have to study a little harder to, to watch what's going on. But the the... the the Dunning-Kruger effect, the, the 
people thinking that they know more than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an opposite side to that where when you understand it well enough, you can also understand how much you don't understand. And so uh, Richard Carrier, for example, right off the bat, in, a, in, a, in an instance conversation with him, I know he knows way more than I do about New Testament scholarship, or, yeah. you know, all of those things. Um, he didn't have to, I didn't have to read a book by him, although I have. Um, I didn't have to go to a lecture from him, although I have. Yeah. Um, we didn't have to, you know, sit around and have friendly conversation for a while, although we have. Just simple com- comments that he's made, and I was like, this guy knows way more about this than I do. There are people who, who know so little that they can't see that. It's not always the case, but sometimes when people call in, and it's hard to give examples. I, I try to sometimes put my Christian hat back on. Um, I try sometimes to just focus only on the words, but you can just tell when somebody says, look, I'm calling in, and my friend here wanted me to, to call in because you guys want to know why I think a God exists. <laughs> okay, I know I'm not dealing you know, with somebody who's going to be presenting deep philosophical arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably a little too short with too many people lately. If you watch over the history of the show, early on, um, I would I would spend more time hand walking people towards conclusions, asking more questions, and and being uh, more polite. The show got cut from an hour and a half to an hour, which means things had to be faster, and it became very frustrating for somebody to raise a point have it responded to, and have them either raise that same point or a different version of the same point. I'm hoping to, uh, we're, we're moving in, we've got a building now, and we're setting up a TV studio in the building, and we're going to be in charge of how long we have, what we can say, and the audio. Wow. So we're probably going to move away from public access studio over the course of this next year, um, and we'll see. We'll see if, if, uh, if it goes better. If it turns out that I'm still... Because I'm, people email and they're like, you know, what's happening to you? Are you burnt out? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I'm my harshest critic and I know when it's happening. So if you notice over the last six months or so, I've been on the show less. I, you know, it used to be I did every week and then I did three weeks and Russell did one. And now it's, and some of it's because I'm traveling, you know, I need yeah. a substitute or whatever else or, hey, I'm not feeling well. And sometimes it's just... Let's get other voices on there. Uh, let me focus on different things. But I don't have any plans to quit the show until I'm a hindrance. Until you know I'm not doing what I you know what I would think we need to do. You, you talked about how um, you like to interrupt them while they're talking. You know while they're giving their I'm sure their slew of points, and you want to interrupt. Why why is that an important uh, part of your you yeah. know, arguments against them? Uh, this is a lesson I learned fairly on fairly early on with the show, and that is arguments are structured kind of linearly. linearly. Yeah. And if they begin with, um, okay, let's start at the beginning here, and uh, I can survive in space without any assistance. That's my first premise. And then they continue on, and they stru- construct an argument from there. And we get to the end, if I've sat there patiently and politely and let them speak, and I say, okay, way back at the beginning, you said this. What ends up happening? That's not what I said. <laughs> I said this. And then they get to make a second argument. And I say, no, 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 back at the beginning, there's this problem here. And then they say, well, 
maybe I'm not phrasing that correctly. If we do it a little slightly different, now they get to make a third argument. Right. So now in the course of this conversation, they've made three arguments. All I've done is ask them questions about their initial premise. And they have not acknowledged the problems in the premise. They have not, so they're just getting massively more information out there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that would happen would be that either they'd say that they didn't say it, or they'd go back and say, okay, but, and then they begin a completely separate argument. Yeah. No, no, no. You need to address that we this first argument. You need to acknowledge that we talked about it. Um, do you not agree with the rebuttal that I offered? If exactly. you don't, then we should continue talking. But I found that it, even though a lot of people think it's rude, if you say something in your initial premise or in the second one or wherever, at the first point in which there is something that is not properly defined or something I don't accept or something that they need to explain better in order to make their case, we need to stop. And we need to settle that right there. I'm sorry that it interrupts their train of thought. Um, I, I'm sorry that they didn't think it out ahead of time yeah. to, to phrase this in a way that was you know, much more conducive to argument. But I have to, I have to put the brakes on because there are people who will spend 10, 15 minutes making this long, drawn-out argument that was all based on one flawed premise, okay. which makes it all a waste of time. It makes a lot of sense. What are the arguments that were the hardest for you to unpack and debunk quickly? Well, the transcendental argument for the existence of God is one that a lot of people have problems with. And I, you know, I think Russell's done a really good job recently on the blog uh, debating a presuppositionalist that's that's making use of a version of tag. But I, there's a lot of resources out there. And for whatever reason, for the most part with these things, I've always just kind of got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always get it to the extent that I can unpack it for someone else to understand. And TAG is one of those that is really difficult, even f- for me, having done it many times, to explain to somebody who doesn't understand it. The transcendental argument is primarily, or in its simplest form, the idea that uh, reason and logic cannot exist without a mind to produce them. And so the, the logical absolutes uh, like A equals A, you know, identity, non-contradiction, excluded middle, those things um, that we recognize are always true, although there are some people who would dispute that, uh, and they're wrong. <laughs> but, uh, they, the, these things need some kind of author, and it, it really ties into how people claim that the laws of physics need some kind of author. No, they don't. They're not laws in the uh, pr- uh, prescriptive sense. Right. There are laws in the descriptive sense. This yes. is how matter interacts. And in much the same way, in the, in one of the arguments that I had over the transcendental argument, he, he tried to say, you agree that everything is either physical or conceptual. And I said, no. Physical, is n- physical conceptual is not a true dichotomy. Right. And he says, well, what's the third option? I said, I don't know what you want to call it, but there are things that don't fit into either of those two categories. A true dichotomy would be physical and non-physical, or yeah. conceptual and non-conceptual. Yeah. But physical and conceptual, you're, you're doing two prongs, and now you're saying there's no more. There's a third one. And I couldn't come up with the name, so he, Matt Slick, uh, you know, tried to claim that uh, I hadn't rebutted his point because I couldn't label it. Well, it turns out that the word I was looking for was right there in the argument, transcendent. Mm-hmm. We were defining these things as transcendent. They transcend the physical. They transcend the conceptual. And as somebody who was much cleverer than I uh, went to his forum a day or so afterwards and said, okay, Matt, you're convinced that everything is either physical or conceptual, right? And he said, yeah. And he goes, well, which one's your God? And Matt said, neither. 
which was exactly, he, he asked me about the laws of logic, and he wanted to know, are these laws of logic physical or conceptual? And I said, neither. And he laughed at me, and he said, no, that's not a valid option. And yet, two days later, he says the exact same thing over his guy. So, it's not convenient. It's it was, done, right? And meanwhile, he's declaring victory. So yeah. I, I, I don't look at debates in, in really win-lose. I'm not, I don't care about... You can watch William Lane Craig get up there and debate, and he's all about, here's what my opponent has to do in order to win. Now, I've talked about things like that in debates. Yeah. But these aren't scored debates. These are supposed to be about getting information out, not about who's got the biggest philosophical penis. Mm -hmm. And they end up being that way too many times. He's pretty good. I mean, oh, he's, he's good. He's, <laughs> he's good at manipulating the debate to make it look like. Right. He's won. It's, it's, they're all like TKOs that he wins. Yeah. Well, it uh, had to be technical for him. Yeah. He's on the wrong side. But it's, oh, we've run out of time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to all my points. I'm sorry, but it looks like I'm going to win. Great. And your winning doesn't tell us one more thing about whether your arguments are actually valid and sound. Right. He does, he does like to pack it in there. Um, I, I heard that you were outside of the Skepticon talking with the protesters. Anything interesting come out of that? Um, I was going to completely stay away. Yeah. Because, um, well, this is just going to sound arrogant, but um, there's a whole bunch of people here, and let them have a shot at it. I get to argue with these people all the time. <laughs> it makes sense, yeah. The, the average schmo outside who wants to tell me about Jesus is not at the level of debate that I would normally want to engage with. I mean, I can't help who calls into the show, so I'll debate yeah. anybody anything. But if I was going to do a public debate in front of people, I'd, I'd want something slightly better. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Arn was out there arguing, and Arn, uh, who I love dearly and, and will not say a, an unkind word about, was getting more and more animated and more and more frustrated. <laughs> and I'm sitting, I'm sitting here watching this, and as the, the third-party observer, I'm, I'm saying, look, Arn's talking about one thing, and this guy's talking about another. And I could watch this guy stand there and watch his eyes glaze over, as he patiently waited for Arn to finish, basically browbeating him with facts yeah. so that he could go back to what he was saying. <laughs> and I wanted to, to, to try and shortcut this a little bit. And so I asked him, well, I tried to ask him, get him to explain why he um, accepted the truth of the Bible. Because you know, he kept saying, I believe because I've got this book and it's yeah. 66 books by various authors all attesting to this uniform thing. And I wasn't going to go into detail about why <laughs> that's just complete bullshit. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I said, okay, why do you trust the book? And he wouldn't explain why he trusts the book. And I asked him, well, why do you believe? And he's like, well, I believe because God changed me. And I said, okay, um, I, I can believe that you have been changed by a belief. Right. But that doesn't make the belief true. And the guy standing next to me said, can people be changed by false beliefs? And he goes, well, yeah, of course people can be changed <laughs> by false beliefs. And well, what like, do you think about us? You think how do I know? How do I know that your beliefs, how do you know that your beliefs are true if you can be changed by false beliefs? Yeah. You, he has no method for demonstrating that. And when he kind of gave up on there, I just kind of walked off and let other people continue. Um, I didn't, I don't even know if I'd really call these people protesters. No, I'll, yeah, you're right. I just it's, couldn't think of a, a lot of people. It's, it's the default label that we put on you yeah. know, when things like this happen. Um, they're just street preachers. Yeah. It was, it's funny because yeah. there's a couple of really sweet Mennonites out there that um, are just handing out tracts and yeah. trying to be as friendly as possible. There's a guy out there in overalls carrying a cross. 
uh, on his shoulder. He was the guy that I talked to. Oh, he? Oh, okay. There's a couple others who, um, there's one guy that was uh, had a sign that just said free prayer. I talked and to I was, him. I was like, is that like you're giving away free prayers or like free, Man, you know, free Mandela or something? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have encapsulated prayer, taken it away from us, and we want a free prayer. <laughs> go prayer, go. Go way away. Actually, one of those Mennonite women, uh, women was talking to uh, an attendee here, and she said, just go home. Just go home right now and, and at midnight. I don't know why midnight. At midnight, and pray to God, and just ask for anything you want, any kind of healing or anything. He goes, oh, how about a cheeseburger? She goes, you'll get that cheeseburger. I thought, what? <laughs> she went down that logical conclusion where, you know, he asked the question, but she didn't have a real answer for it, you know? You'll get that cheeseburger. Will, will, will it be floating, or will it be handed to me, you know, by Is a cheeseburger going to appear in my room, or at some later time in my life, am I going to get a cheeseburger, and you're going to claim that that's the cheeseburger <laughs> that I prayed for? Exactly. You don't get to take credit for the things that I do and give it to your God. Yeah. Well, uh, I have one more question. You just got done doing a panel over um, love and relationships and marriage, and you're recently married. Um, I was curious... This is a this panel was, is kind of a deviation from uh, the other topics that you're usually doing. You're usually just doing arguments. Do people come up to you often? Other atheists asking about these emotional and personal problems they have. And, and yeah, actually, my email inbox is a bit of like an advice column. Uh-huh. Uh, I just I tend to keep it private and talk about some examples because I, I don't. First of all, I, I don't necessarily want to be an advice columnist. Yeah, um, and I don't. <laughs> I don't have such a high opinion of my own advice. I mean, in certain areas, I'm, I'm happy to tell you what I think. But there are people, there are kids who mm-hmm. contact me who are in situations where they're atheists um, and their parents are not. And they're wanting advice on what to do. And the first few times that happened, I really did not want to give any advice. Because we're talking about, there's potential legal problems with giving, you know, instructing minor children. Yeah, that's scary. You know, they go off and do something, and it's, you know, Matt Delaney, the atheist guy, told me I should do this, and now all of a sudden I'm in hot water. Yeah. Um, so I've tried uh, to be reasonable with that kind of advice, which is, look, you know, until you are independent and self-sufficient, you may be stuck a little bit. And for the kids who are like, my folks make me go to church, go. Go, yeah. <laughs> take a notebook and take lots of notes. Write down lots of questions and ask them all those questions. Let them know that you paid attention and that you have legitimate questions and you'd like them to answer them. Eventually, they're probably going to stop making you go because yes. they're going to get tired of your questions. <laughs> yeah. But it will help prepare you for the discussions later on. I know that you, you know, there's probably some people who absolutely hate this, who don't care at all. And I'd love to tell them you, there's no reason for you to ever know this stuff. But the fact of the matter is, while we still live in a world that is mostly peopled with, at least in the United States, Christians, but around the world, theists of some stripe, yeah. it's good to have some basics in this. Because, and once again, this will sound arrogant, but when I listen to the P- the street preachers out there, and some of the people who go up and talk to them, I really wish they wouldn't. Right. Because they don't know this stuff well enough. And... Um, all they know, they know that the person they're talking to is wrong, but they're not exactly sure why, mm-hmm. and they're not well-versed enough in the particular subjects that these individuals are raising. You know, when somebody starts talking about, you know, the, the Gospels, and the atheist that's up there is like, 
well, you know, these are, I've heard things as crazy as these were written in the 4th century as part of a conspiracy with Masons and whatever. Wow, I make you cringe. <laughs> but there's other things where they just get the facts wrong. And yeah. then the apologist gets to sit there smugly and go, oh, I'm so sorry. You just, you really need to read your Bible. You <laughs> that's not what that parable means. You see, it means this. Or, oh, yes, you know, where Jesus says to bring my enemies before me and, and kill them. Um, he's speaking in a parable. Do you not see this? He's talking this. That's not Jesus talking. And then many of the atheists are caught off guard and say, oh, I didn't realize that was a parable. And yeah. the answer is, yes, it's a parable, but Jesus is putting himself and God in the place of that tyrant king. Right. He is advocating on behalf of that. So it doesn't matter that it's a parable. He's advocating. <laughs> yes, he may not be advocating literally killing people, yeah. although it's clear that they are. Yeah. You know, they are advocating literal torture in some cases. But yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I do think you're right. I wish they would just listen more because these people will rant and rave. You can just let them go crazy. But if you start yeah. spouting off and you look like the ranting and raver and you start looking like... You know. I was telling people yesterday, you know, it doesn't always work. I don't, I'm not always successful. I'm, there are many, many occasions where I, I lose the high ground. But you, you should make every effort to not lose the high ground. And if you are, um, it's probably best that you stop. Yeah. Um, it's not the end of the world if you have to walk away from an argument. It's not the end of the world to say... I don't have a response to you right now, but let me go think about it for a while and get back to you. You don't have to have all the answers every time, all the time. Yeah. Matter of fact, it's probably better if you don't. Because as soon as you think you do, that's when you're going to find yourself in trouble. You make a lot of mistakes that way. Yeah. That's why it's kind of funny that I, I ended up sitting on this relationship panel thing this morning. I've been married for about a year. Mm -hmm. I'm 43. It's my first marriage. I didn't think I was ever going to get married. And people are asking me for advice about you know, relationships. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not sure you actually want to be listening to me. I mean, it's going okay now, and I think we've got it. You know, everything yeah. worked out. But, you know, I'm not an expert. But, yeah, I do get lots of email asking for help. Um, lots of people who very sadly are in relationships that are ending or are in very difficult times because one of them has stopped believing. Yeah. Um, there are lots of people who will email us to say, should I come out? You know, I'm in this situation, should I come out? That's a difficult question. What? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's, they have, to, they have to decide, are they okay with the worst possible, worst reasonable possible yeah. outcome? Um, is it more important for them to be who they are than have, you know, or is it more important for them to maintain these relationships? A lot of times they're wrong about what the result's going to be. Um, they think people are going to react one way, and sometimes they people surprise you. I had somebody write to say I was terrified. You know, my, my parents are extremely fundamentalist Christians, and I was just absolutely terrified of coming out, and I, I didn't want to do it and didn't want to do it. And finally one day I got fed up and just did it. Mm -hmm. and it turns out, my dad had been an atheist all this time, too, and been afraid <laughs> to tell my mom. So I had an ally in the house the whole time. Wow. Um, and that's not a unique story. There's, uh, you know, I wish, sometimes I wish we could uh, go back and get permission for all these and maybe, you know, have a, have a coming out stories thing. But I know Greta's writing a book right now about coming out. And I think oh, okay. some of that might, uh, not from me, but I mean, stories like that will probably be in there, I would hope. Yeah. Well, I'm great. Do you have any more questions? No, I've just enjoyed listening. This yeah. is awesome. Thank you. Cool. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. again, thank you. The Oklahoma Atheist Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. 
The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. For more information, please visit our website at www. OklahomaAtheist.com. The music for today's show is from the song God is Dead by Jaron Lake and is reproduced here under a Creative Commons license. Jared's music in the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast are hosted courtesy of the Internet Archives Community Audio Collection, available at www.archive.org. To join discussion about the ideas presented, presented in today's show, please visit our blog at blog.oklahomaatheist.com.